Greg and Kristen Taylor. In some cases, I think technology takes over in the wrong ways. When we're meeting with families, emotion that we're reading on their faces goes into the conversation. Oh, yeah. Get to know them more at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Now more than ever, it's so important to know where we stand. This is Winning Retirement Radio. Over 40% of adults in America are obese, at least according to the CDC. Now, I'm not going to say the name of the diabetes medication that about a year ago Mm -hmm. became a big weight loss drug only because their advertisement song is so good it gets stuck in my head. So Mm -hmm. no hate, but I'll be singing it all day. Um, But weight loss shots are like magic bullets. I have a comment about this. No hate if anybody's tried it, by the way. No. So I know of several people who have tried it, but, but here's the thing. So if someone's addicted to drugs, let's say, right? Wow. Okay. Okay. So if everyone, if someone's addicted to drugs and there's this like magic pill that you can take that takes away all the, takes away all the symptoms and after effects or whatever they're called of drugs and you take that, are you still an addict? Well, because that does exist. The answer is yes. And I actually don't think it's always a personal control problem, like with with food. Like, you know, there's some people that just can't get full and eat. But I think it's more our quality of food that's the problem. Like we're not really getting nutrition and full. And so much of our food is addictive. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Yes, it is. I have that problem. I don't have the weight problem necessarily, but I am not very healthy when it comes to sugar and some of the things that we eat and then if you read into Same. it like i'm addicted to this because of what they put in it it's it's addictive and it's in everything <laughs> so if i took <laughs> this magic drug mm-hmm. it doesn't change the fact that i'm going to crave that sugar again so i just see there being a major problem in the future with this True. i don't know i don't want to be an well, we don't know the long-term effects it. either Kristen. you yeah, know like, that's what I worries me worry about it but if you've known people that have done it have they seen success with it i am curious yeah, I mean, you okay. see people and they look like different people. Well, good for them. I mean, it's good for them as long as their other habits can change. True. You know what I mean? Well, then... Because in six months, your body's going to get used to it. And guess what? You're going to have a weight problem again if you still have the same habits. Especially if you can't snap back like we used to That's in our 20s, ladies. You know? I, mean... I, I Trust me. I know. I, I'm feeling it. <laughs> well, Greg, let me ask you. You're the fiduciary on the show here. Is there anything in a similar realm in the financial world for those that have trouble figuring out how and when to retire? Is there some kind of magic uh, portfolio management? I don't know. I mean, it, I never thought this would exist for weight is why I ask. I wish there was a magic shot or a silver bullet. And, you know, it's funny when, when we do the analysis in the office, and I did one last week with a family, and we're going through their their numbers on their current portfolio, and then we're showing them with some adjustments what could happen. And when I kind of get below the surface just a little bit and we're talking about you know some sheer numbers when it comes to efficiency i'm quick to point out there is no such thing as a perfect portfolio that does not exist all we're looking for is consistency can one be more consistent than another just think some of the greatest baseball players of all time were the ones that hit in the 300s in the movie, in the book, Moneyball, it was all about the averages, right? And exactly. They... So if you got a hit mm-hmm. three to four out of ten times, you would be considered a superstar. Right. Now, 
in the financial world, we would not be considered superstars if, if we only got on base, you know, three to four times out of 10. Now, that would not make us superstars at all. But someone emailed uh, one of our staff members the other day as well and said, before I schedule an appointment, I would like to know what makes your firm different. So staff member comes into my office and says, how would you like me to answer this? Hmm. And I said, well, let's think about it. What does make us a little different? I said, well, I've been doing this for over 30 years. Not everybody can say that. Mm-hmm. We have a very experienced team of fiduciaries that help manage the portfolios of our clients. Not everybody can say that. Mm-hmm. But when I really thought about what made us different, I think it's our process and the experience we have of how to put things together. Now, Kristen's grandmother, she loved baking cookies. Mm-hmm. And one of our Christmas traditions that Kristen uh, used, in fact, this past Christmas, was her molasses cookie recipe. So Ooh. the first time Kristen made them, uh, you did something a little different than I that. used a whisk instead of a paddle. Hmm. She used a whisk instead of a paddle. I don't so even know what a you, paddle is in the world think, of baking. <laughs> what would make the difference if I whisk it or if I paddle it? No, that makes a big difference. One's flat. You can't get through it. The whisk, okay. So the first time they didn't turn out as well. Okay. And then she's like, well, what did I do different? Oh, let me try going exactly as Grandma would have done it. And when she started doing it that way, following it to a T, they turned out the same way. Can I learn one thing? What is a paddle in the world of cooking? When you're using an electric mixer, you can either attach a flat paddle that has openings or a whisk. Oh, like a spatula looking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of... See, I'm not a baker. Bang the pan down halfway through. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See, learning a lot a couple things I forgot. (laughs) So a couple little steps there. And it's our process. Mm -hmm. It's the ingredients of the plan. And it's not that one single ingredient in and of itself is so special. It's that silver bullet. It's not groundbreaking. But when you put everything together the way they're put together, it does make a difference. Just as though you use a paddle and you smash the cookies down halfway through the process versus not doing every single step in the process. Now, what does the process do? Well, what's interesting And this is just from experience, folks, doing this for over 30 years. But the process can help eliminate confusion. We've seen this over and over and over again with families as they come in. Because do I just make everything safe? Do I listen to some people and just put everything at risk? The truth is, in most cases, it shouldn't be everything in any one place. But if you talk to the Wall Street people, they want everything in their bucket. You talk to the insurance people, they want everything in their bucket. And if you talk to the bank people, they want everything in their bucket. But the truth is, nobody's bucket is worthy of everything. I'm worried about my own bucket, right, as the end investor. Yeah. It's confusing. So the right process can help eliminate the confusion. Second of all, it can help provide peace of mind. One of the toughest things with this economy, with this administration, with all the wackiness in our world today, and you watch the news, it can scare the daylights out of you. Mm-hmm. Having peace of mind in this world, to me, it's more valuable than almost anything. Another thing it can do, it can help give confidence. Confidence, I'm not going to outlive my money. Confidence, I can have that 
retirement that I plan to have. I mean, now look, if, if you need $200,000 a year out of a $200,000 portfolio, there's not much we can do to help you. Right. But if it's within reason, it can give you the confidence that you can succeed. Another thing it can do, it can help protect from outliving your money. There's three things that people share with us that are their top concerns. One is, will I outlive my money? Did I do a good enough job? Second is, are taxes going to get out of control? Thirdly, am I protected from a long-term illness? Hmm. Those are the top three that people come in concerned about, and, and it's our goal through our process to help eliminate those concerns. Learn more about that process at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. And I know I started by asking if there was a magic shot or pill to help us with retirement. The answer sounds like it's a no. It's all about planning. But let's keep the research up here, folks, okay? <laughs> no, all jokes aside, we also have a good time hearing from you, our listeners. In fact, a few weeks ago, someone called in. We'll call him Dave because we never would use someone's real name here on right. the air. But uh, he's a retired engineer with about $1.5 million set aside for retirement. He reached out because he's got concerns about his asset allocations and Roth conversions, two very valid planning concerns, especially with that amount of money. I actually met with uh, Dave. Oh, I didn't know if this was going to be you or Brent on this one. No, it was me. I met with Dave, and we sat down together and listened to those concerns, and we ran an analysis. And what was really interesting was we had a really detailed conversation about Roth conversions. It's more than just numbers, though, because we ran our tax map for him. And understand, Dave's single, never been married, no children. So whatever's left will go to random nieces, nephews, and other things like that. And, and today we're still under really, really low tax rates, and, and he wanted to take advantage of that. But we also have to be mindful that his income was as such that no matter how much we convert, there's going to be an increase in his Medicare Part B premium. Huh. So that's that sneaky tax that we always talk about here. Mm -hmm. And with that, how much did we feel comfortable converting, even in these tax rates, staying within that 24% tax bracket and realizing for a year or two, while we're doing some conversions, he's going to have to pay extra on Medicare Part B. Wow. And on his prescription drug coverage and some other things. So, I mean, it's a matter of thousands of dollars a year more in Medicare costs by doing Roth conversions. So in this case, we really discussed it for probably about an hour at that second meeting. And I said, Dave, I said, you're one of those rare ones. I, I am in favor of getting you some tax-free money. But after we get past the next two years, I'm going to recommend you don't convert anymore. Because from our tax map, it doesn't look like it's going to benefit you personally enough to make it worth the cost up front. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a little bit of a, you know, a perplexed look at first. And he's like, he says, I can see where you're coming from. You're the first one that's ever really helped me come to this conclusion. But I didn't want to just tell him what he wanted to hear. I wanted him to hear from me what I really, truly felt was going to be in his best interest. 
And when it comes to taxes, if you've got a wife or if you have children or if you have others that can be impacted, because I said, you know, a lot of that tax is going to come after you pass away when it transfers to the next Mm -hmm. generation. I said, is that at all concerning to you, whether or not your nieces and nephews or other heirs might have to pay some of those taxes? He said, well, to be honest, no. I then I said, then for you. I mean, he's giving them a gift anyway. They'll be all right. Just yeah, probably how he's I mean, thinking about it, you know. <laughs> exactly. And that's okay. So part of this thing about taxes is we have to use common sense as well. Understand what our costs are going to be with Medicare. Understand what our federal tax rate is going to be. Understand if it impacts other areas of our financial life as well. And you have to put all those pieces together when you're trying to, you know, put together your retirement tax strategy. Well, a Stanford study found that for children in wealthier nations, soon 80 is going to be the new 20. Now, this is according to demographers. I remember reading about that in school, and I don't even know what they do. But either way, these demographers, they found that today a five-year-old has a better chance than ever of living to be 100. And by 2050, they say it's likely to be the norm for babies in wealthier nations like ours to be 100. Wow, research and technology, they are making a much longer life possible. And longevity is certainly wonderful, but it's not free. And that's where I'm at with this. We need to know how much money we need to live on, but we don't know how long we're going to live, but we might be living longer. Because, I mean, just, Greg, I'm, I'm squirreling here a little bit because I just don't understand how you help people figure out how much money they'll need since they don't know how long they're going to need it and people keep living longer. You know, it's it's funny because I've had different uh, mindsets when it comes to this. I'll never forget, I have a client who used to be a uh, former federal agent. Ooh. And uh, he came in and he said, Greg, uh, you know, we're talking about income and planning and all that. And he's like, I really only need a 10-year plan. I said, well, well why is that? He's like, well, because I won't be around for more than 10 years. <laughs> okay. By the way, this has been about 14 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. And he's still kicking. <laughs> and he's Good. In fact, last time he was in, I, I jokingly said, aren't you about four years overdue? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you made angry, apparently they forgive you. I don't know. <laughs> and, and he started laughing. I said, aren't you glad we didn't just plan for 10 years? Mm-hmm. It's funny. So in his case, he was convinced that he wouldn't live past 75. And... I've had others that have real longevity in their families and they come in and are like, you know, I really could live into my mid nineties or even, you know, become a centenarian and I could live to age 100 or longer. And so having a plan that allows you to feel free to live the way you want, regardless of how long you live, I think is the key. Mm. Freedom. When I say free, freedom isn't necessarily being free from all jobs, it's free from the requirement of a job. Because mm. I have, I had a gentleman come in recently, he was 82 and still doing some work. He said, Greg, I don't ever intend to stop working unless I just physically can't do it. He says, I love keeping busy. I wonder about people like that. I mean, I kind of love what I do too, but I mean, at some point, wouldn't I rather just be like kicking my feet up? I feel like it, but maybe not. He said, if I didn't feel useful, I wouldn't feel alive. Mm. I said, well, I, I get where you're coming from. And, and in his case, he, he didn't need to work. And the freedom comes, folks, when you have a strategy or you have a plan or, or something in place that allows you 
to do everything that you feel comfortable with doing in life within reason. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's really all about when I think about it is it's not whether we live to 100 or 80. If the good Lord keeps me around to 100, I hope I'm being a blessing to someone at 100. You know, I hope I'm not a burden on anybody at that point. I want to be a blessing, not a burden. And I think that's in general what, what people's attitudes are. They don't want to be a burden on somebody else. And part of that burden is financially. You want to be able to take care of yourself. And freedom comes when we have something in place that allows us to do our life the way we envision it and not have to depend on somebody else. One of the hardest things for my mom is that she hasn't been able to drive in a number of years. It's rough on them. Yes. Because, you know, in her mind, in Mm -hmm. fact, my, my younger brother bought her two or three different cars over the years, but she didn't end up driving them just because she went through some things. And, but in her mind, I think she still thinks she could if she really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Same you know? with my mother, by the way. That's a hard thing. It's so hard. And, you know, when we do a plan for someone, for a family, we're doing some math. Because ultimately, what I've discovered, the first 10 to 15 years of retirement, we're going to spend the most. Hmm. We usually put about a 3% inflation rate out as we're calculating, and we're trying to be able to keep pace with that 3% inflation area. But if by the time you're 80 or 85, you're falling slightly short, we don't really believe it's going to be as much of a shortfall because you end up spending a little less. Your lifestyle does change. The key, folks, is that you have a written plan that will allow you to live the lifestyle that you envision no matter how long you're around. And if you have that in place, you can have the confidence that, okay, I don't know what's going to be in store for me, but now I can go do what I've envisioned doing and not have the worry. Connect anytime at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with the competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.